Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Athens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs Podcast. Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hello. Welcome in to the Bulldogs Extra Podcast from the Athens Banner Herald and online Athens. Ryan Dennis here along with Mark Weiser on a New Year's Eve. Thank God, Mark Weiser. We are turning the calendar into 2021. How are you uh, celebrating? Well, I got a uh, 12 noon kickoff in Atlanta tomorrow. I don't know if you heard. There's this Peach Bowl game, Georgia, Cincinnati. That I heard about. But I'm not going to use that as an excuse for why I'm not going to be up at midnight because, uh, you know, usually I'm crashed out before then. Uh, I know, Ryan, you'll be uh, – you, you usually you celebrate the 12 – Midnight uh, East Coast uh, New Year's. I had all, all four times. Yeah, all the time zones. You, you do them all. What, what do you? You have a. <laughs> you got different uh, liquor for each. Uh, different liquor shot at each hour. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, you know, shotgun a beer uh, at the top of the hour from twelve to three. But uh, yes, as you mentioned, Peach Bowl. We'll talk a lot about it coming up. Uh, some of the things uh, going on with uh, players and whatnot, being there, not being there. Hey, George is wearing black jerseys. Have you heard that? And they'll. Uh, be breaking those back out yeah a little bit interesting on the uh, peach bowl zoom media conference this morning with uh, gary stoken of the peach bowl and kirby smart luke fickle from cincinnati uh you know kirby was saying yesterday uh, when he spoke about it for the first time with uh, i think it was fox 5 out of atlanta who's the official tv uh, bowl partner of the uh, peach bowl which i didn't know until yesterday uh is there a bid for that how do you, how do you get i'm that? sure it's there's some kind of contractual deal yeah, but yeah, yeah. um that he kirby kind of portrayed it as well the peach bowl came and asked us if uh, you know we would wear black and um you know, Gary Stoken kind of pushed back a little bit on that today, saying that Georgia had the option of wearing, you know, a different colored jersey if they wanted, like a red, I guess. Well, since he's wearing red, uh, right? So were they asked? Were they asked to, uh, you know, do they have the choice? Who, uh, doesn't the home team have a choice? You know, I'm going to pull up the transcript because I don't remember. Who was the actual home team in this? Uh, Cincinnati, I believe, is the home team. So I would imagine they had a choice and they went with red, which left Georgia either with black or white, I guess. And, um, I guess, you know, maybe the seniors wanted to go with uh, black this time, you know, one last time. And um, I, I like I personally like the black. Do you have a do you have a preference? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people like the white on silver britches, kind of crisp and clean. But uh, I think the black on the silver britches look really good. It's all good to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I guess, you know, I might be wearing a black. I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't decided well, yet. Well, as uh, you saw when you walked into our podcast studio here in downtown Athens, I was cramming down some uh, some lunch because I just got back from Atlanta, uh, where three days ago watched Brock Vandergriff lead the Prince Avenue Christian Wolverines to a state championship. And what we didn't know all along, that he was doing it on a torn PCL. Now, it doesn't seem like it's going to be that big a deal. They talked to Ron Corson uh, the following morning on Tuesday, and and they determined they're just going to rehab the knee. It's not going to require surgery. Actually, 
you know, talking to Greg Vandergriff, Brock's dad, on uh, on Wednesday, he seemed to sound like it might be even more of an issue if they did operate on it and repaired the torn PCL. So I, I guess, the, you know, he, he's full go for the spring and will be ready to, to compete for, uh, for a starting job. You're saying uh, Brock's going to compete I'm, for the starting job? <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to start, but I mean, that, it, it hinges on JT Daniels' decision, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, look, JT, like anybody else that's draft eligible, uh, nobody has said that they're coming back to Georgia. Uh, you had Eric Stokes saying he's going to the NFL. Right. Um, so it's kind of unusual for somebody to say that they are. I, you know, I, I can remember uh, in the last year or two or three or four, I don't remember exactly how far back, but uh, you did have a guy when, you know, it's kind of a, a, a standard deal that if a guy's draft eligible and plays for your Georgia Bulldogs, then we're going to ask him because, mm-hmm. you know, these guys all have NFL draft aspirations at one right. point or another. But, um, you know, sometimes they uh, are, are kind of taken aback, like, oh, you guys think I'm an NFL guy. Cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, JT certainly has the opportunity. Now, the the, ima- the, uh, the the deal for him would be, does he want to be, you know, a second round pick? A third round pick, a late first. I mean, we don't know exactly where he would go. Um, certainly, he's he's raised his stock by the way he's played down the stretch here. Uh, but I did see, I think it was uh, a guy from the Athletic that's their draft analyst had. Uh, actually, the interesting thing is, I think he had uh, JT seven and maybe Desmond Ritter or Cincinnati eighth in terms of draft eligible quarterbacks. Interesting. Now, where does the seventh quarterback go in the NFL draft? That's probably in the second, third round, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, uh, obviously, it depends every year on how you know full the the pot is so to speak i mean obviously you have what trevor lawrence you have justin fields in this year's draft and then the the guy out at uh what ucla or is it byu i can't byu and their quarterback who uh you know has has uh those are three right there that'll probably go top five top ten so I guess uh, just how it falls after that. You know, you could have an uh, Aaron Rodgers situation where uh, you think he's going to be a top 10 pick, and next thing you know, he's going 24. So it's just such a crapshoot with the uh, with the NFL draft. A couple things before we move on here. Um, I wasn't paying attention. I did smell the fries, I guess. But what, what exactly were you eating, Chick-fil-A? Yeah, Chick-fil-A. You got, you got the number one uh, combo there. And uh, so no, number, one's just, number one is just a standard chicken sandwich? Yeah, I normally go with the, the spicy chicken sandwich, mm-hmm. but I was about to go mm-hmm. for a run, as you can tell by the outfit I'm wearing, and uh, I didn't want didn't to get the spicy stuff. Stuff. Now, the Chick-fil-A, the fine folks that uh, put out that bowl, um, they, they usually hand out little gift cards, uh, not, uh, maybe like yeah, a five, five or $10. Snag me one, would you? I'd be glad to give you one. I know you're, <laughs> you're a big fan of, of the uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, all right, let, getting back to the, the, the uh, conversation earlier, which was about the, the jerseys, I pulled up the transcript of the call this morning. Gary Stoken said, I know the Georgia Bulldogs had the opportunity to wear the uniforms they wanted. I've always professed to coaches and ADs in our kickoff games and bowl games. I think the field looks great when you have both teams wearing colored uniforms. Looks great on TV and on the field. At the end of the day, both Coach Fickle and Coach Smart made their decisions on their uniforms. And Kirby came back and said, well, I guess I should say it was brought up to me in a light that, that was encouraged to be colored. I'm assuming we could both be, we both couldn't be in the red. Therefore, somebody couldn't be in red. <laughs> <laughs> that was the way it was presented to me. It wasn't a narrative where we, that we were dying to wear black. It was where we had to wear one of the two dark colors, only two colors. So if Cincinnati is the home team and chose red, I mean, that left little options, right, for Jordan? I mean, you know, <laughs> they uh, they they did pretty well wearing black jerseys against Hawaii. Well, you know what I saw, bro. Remember up? that? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, are they are they going to be that team that's uh, motivated to to play? You know, a, uh, a non power five type team like they were against Hawaii? Or are they going to kind of 
you know, not be so inspired to play in the Peach Bowl against uh, against the Cincinnati. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, remembering back then that there was a lot more uh, aura or buzz or just kind of something different about Hawaii because they came from With Colt Brennan out, outside the mainland and they mm-hmm. had they had a funky pregame dance. Oh, yeah. You had June Jones, a former Falcons coach <laughs> over there. And then Marcus Howard, you know, just dominated oh, that game. Uh, that One of the best hits of all. That and the clowny hit in that uh, the uh, yeah. Citrus Bowl, I think it was, against yeah. Michigan. That might be the two biggest hits I've ever seen in the bowl game. Right. And that was the 2007 season, right? Yeah, so it was the 2008 Sugar Bowl. And, uh, you know, Georgia kind of got uh, – can we use the word screwed? We'll use the word screwed. They kind of got screwed in that because, you know, they were sitting fourth, right, right. in the in the BCS. Yeah. And then Pitt and yeah. West Virginia lost ahead of them. Yeah. No, no, West Virginia and whoever was ahead of them. And, of course, you know, Herb Street was known for going on and saying that you must win your conference to, uh, to get into the BCS. And Georgia really should have been second that year. So I think they had that motivation as well going into that game. Ryan, did you watch the Florida Gators, your SEC East <laughs> champions, um, go out yesterday and lose their fourth game of the season? You know, I saw part of that, um, and they got walloped pretty good. Now, they do have some built-in excuses, and that's another thing about Georgia, you know, with uh, some guys missing. Uh, I wonder if they'll have some built-in excuses as well if that didn't go right. But, now, Florida I mean, was, Florida, Florida should have better talent than, than what they showed last night. Florida was missing a laundry list of guys, including All four pretty receivers. much pretty, yeah, pretty much every, you know, stud wideout that they have, and and tight end with Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, I don't think Kirby Smart would be laying down the excuses like right. Dan Mullen did and has, and just a bizarre year for him in that, I mean, obviously a terrific season to get to the SEC East championship game and, and then, you know, play Florida, I mean, play Alabama, you know, back and forth in terms of uh, the shootout. You lose to LSU at home, you, you, you knock yourself out of the playoffs, you have the, the shoe incident. I mean, but Mullen, of course, has... You know, pack the swamp. Um, you know, and then he gets a show cause penalty uh, a couple of weeks ago with the NCAA for for uh, recruiting, you know, right. recruiting uh, you know guys before they you know contact before it permitted, and then deal with uh, I guess it was maybe seven on seven uh, campers coming to Gainesville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, yesterday, I, I was not up for the post game. I was crashed again by that mm-hmm. time, but. To see the the quotes and people kind of making fun of him for saying that you know the 2020 season ended, you know 12 11, days ago yeah, or whatever 11, it was. Yeah. I mean, people were like, okay, I guess we're going to put Florida 0-1 to start the season. <laughs> yeah, I did see that too. I mean, come on. You know, I I told my uh, I told my dad as I stayed with my parents for a few days while I had to make the trek to uh, to Atlanta quite a few times. That it sets up to be an ugly year for Florida next year, and especially when the game in Jacksonville rolls around. I kind of flash back to 2017 when Georgia entered that game with all that, you know, motivation from the year before. They were kind of on their own little personal, you know, revenge tour, so to speak. And I feel like with the way that Dan Mullen says things that are bulletin board material, the way that game went this year where Georgia, you know, was without some players and whatnot, that next year just sets up for Mullen to be just a smack in the face, come down to reality type of year. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see what the trajectory of this program is, um, you know, because you've seen Florida make coaching changes with guys that, you know, on paper, you would think going to the back-to-back SEC championship games uh, would have helped Jim McElwain yeah. be the coach there, but then he had issues surrounding, you know, with with the whole incident. With the made-up uh, made complaints or yeah, death threats or whatever. I, I mean, so... 
you know, if you have uh, this season is, is obviously taking a, taking a turn and, and it's not the kind of momentum you want going into the off season. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens next year for them. But I mean, there is something to be said for a, a bit of stability and uh, from the Georgia perspective to not have kind of a, a season that just kind of, I mean, there's certainly disappointment with the way they lost to Texas in the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. But, you know, they're still uh, overall mm-hmm. being very consistent since year one under Kirby Smart. Um, and, yeah. and we'll see how things turn out tomorrow. I mean, we might come back for the next podcast and say, what the hell happened against <laughs> Cincinnati? But you want to talk about the, well, you, were, I, you were mentioning these opt-outs. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, since uh, since it is New Year's Eve here and uh, the game is <laughs> less than 24 hours away. Uh, yeah, so we know Monty Rice. We know Ben Cleveland. Looking good for Richard LeCount to play? I mean, he's uh, it seems to be giving subliminal messages. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect to see Richard LeCount out there uh, just based on the comments earlier in the week by Kirby. He, uh, LeCount's name, I don't believe, came up uh, today during uh, the half-hour or 40-minute press deal with, with both coaches. But uh, certainly he's uh, invested in getting back on the field for one more time. And they're going to do something. I talked to uh, the Peach Bowl folks earlier this week about – I was going to ask you about that. About, about senior day type deal? Well, I mean, it's not going to be a deal where you're going to you know call out these guys individually and they wave and hmm. they get that kind of recognition. Right. And I don't know if George is still going to do something for them. You know, I don't know if the pandemic will allow for some kind of public rec- recognition. But, you know, it might be nice to do something like that, right, if they have a pro day in Athens yeah. right then when they're already back. That would be interesting. You know, I've thought about – I mean, you think that you would want to do something on Sanford and, you know, on, on Dooley Field, I guess, uh, for those guys. I mean, I think, and I, I just yeah. wonder how you could how you could do that, if it, even if it's a, uh, you know, a graduation ceremony type deal. Yeah, I, if we're I don't back know. To reality, I mean, I think, that, I think they could do it on the indoor and maybe and, and maybe uh, yeah. uh, put it on, on their website live or something. Street. I, I mean, I don't think I don't know if fans would be on or they could do it. At, they could do it at G-Day, too, if there is a G-Day. I mean, I assume there will be of some sort. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the guys you mentioned. Uh, and and uh, Eric Soak, you mentioned earlier, will uh, yeah. he will not play. Yeah. He's entering Look, draft. I mean, this is going to be part for the course unless now there was a lot of talk on this call this morning about, you know, expanding the playoffs and not that, you know, these guys have the ability to to <laughs> to, to make that kind of move. But you know, if you do expand it to eight game, uh, eight teams or even six, uh, Kirby was saying he'd be happy with 12. Uh, I mean, so what would that mean? Four four teams get a bye? That's what he was saying. But yeah. look, here's the, the point. Um, if you don't, if you want, you know, college football and the postseason to, to have more relevance and uh, have teams more invested, you make the games meaningful. And, and the Peach Bowl is not meaningful from the standpoint of, uh, you're not advancing, um, you know, if you win. Um, it's meaningful in that, you know, you want to end uh, on a strong showing. You, you know, it's a top 10 matchup. But, you know, there's a reason why those four guys we mentioned aren't playing. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I did have this conversation. I don't know if I had it with you or, or somebody else. But I don't get, I mean, you're talking about the Vanderbilt game would have been, what, two weeks ago? It wasn't it the same weekend as SEC championship? Yeah, it the 19th, yeah. Yeah. So if you weren't going to opt out of that game, you know, what's changing in two weeks? I mean, there, there's not much difference if, if you have a, an injury against Vanderbilt or if you have it in the bowl game. I mean, I think there's something where it's kind of just become the norm that like, hey, if I'm a, if I'm a top 50, top 60 guy, or if I think I am, yeah. then I'm not playing in a bowl game because that's what, what you're supposed to do. But I mean, you know, I guess they would have had the opportunity to, to play and then get, you know, have, well, them, have the moment getting honored there. But, you know. 
Well, yeah, but uh, so you're saying that I'm saying the Can Vanderbilt that, Georgia's uh, was out of it already. Vanderbilt weekend. I mean, so you're saying that they might have opted out that game too? No, I'm. I'm I don't think they would have. I'm That's saying. What I'm saying, I'm saying why opt out? For two weeks later, well, I think we saw that with Miami's quarterback the other day, didn't we? Uh, even though he said he was coming back, yeah, I mean, no, he's but still hurt himself is, pretty you seriously. Could, you, you don't could, want that. I mean, Ben Cleveland or Eric Stokes could <clears throat> could blow out a knee against Vanderbilt two weeks ago, just like it could have. Well, I know, but I mean, game. to me, this is just uh, why why risk it at this point for a meaningless game? Vanderbilt was just as meaningless. I, well, I, I disagree, though. What, what was mean, meaningful about that well, game? I, I don't know. It would have been a, a senior, you know, a last game at Sanford Stadium. Well, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, to me, I'm not I'm not <laughs> mad at players for for. I don't think you're saying you're mad at players for. No, I mean, oh, I, they can do what they want. I mean, I, exactly. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I think it makes sense. Uh, honestly, like you said, if you're a, if I mean, I think if you're going to opt out, um, you know, almost do it when uh, George is out of contention for the SEC uh, East, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's the the whole argument about that, though, is almost as, uh, you know, it's like when when people used to complain that kids didn't value their education. Well, you know, if if you left school early to go to a a big time job where you can get paid, you can always go back and get your education. So, you know, that that never made much sense to me. but anyway, getting back to the, the bowl game, they're going to uh, do a pregame deal where yeah. they're uh, kind of highlights on the video board on the uh, what do you call that thing up there? The uh, the Halo the board, Halo, yeah. and then the uh, seniors are supposed to go out on the field and uh, well, that'd be nice. Uh, and I don't think you know if you're Cincinnati, you can argue or complain about. No, I think Cincinnati's going to. They're offered to do the same thing. Okay. Oh, so they did they not get one? Do we know they had a senior day, but oh. they're not going to just. I mean, this is a bowl game. It's, it's, a, it's a neutral. Going, site. I know that. Yeah, I know. That. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying even if it was just Georgia, I don't think you can argue that uh if you're if you're all right why don't we come back and talk a little bit about the game itself uh what we expect to happen maybe make some bowl picks and then we can talk about the uh, georgia bulldog uh, men's basketball team that was ugly wasn't it that was that was not a good showing i mean it was not even close yeah they're uh they're uh, so all that bs talk about uh you know best start since the final four team i think got well, I mean, pretty much pushed into a trash can technically it was but it also came at home against teams that uh you know were not mississippi state apparently absolutely all right well let's take a break real fast this is the bulldogs extra podcast from the athens banner herald in online athens all right thank you for listening the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Happy New Year to you out there. As I mentioned at the top of the broadcast, or whatever we call this thing, podcast, uh, Brock Vandergriff, Prince Avenue quarterback, five-star coming to Georgia. I guess he'll enroll in just a few days, actually. Did you watch any of that championship game? And uh, how much of Brock have you kind of kind of seen, especially this year? They've been on TV a few times. And uh, are you impressed by him? Seems to, uh, you know, what you hear from Todd Munkin on uh, what day was it? Monday or Tuesday this week in Kirby as well. Is that this guy is a baller and he's not afraid to throw his body around to, you know, for a quarterback to, yeah. you know, if it means uh, trying to get the first down or, or uh, you know, putting your body in harm's way, that that he's all for that, which is kind of the the grittiness and toughness that you like to see. Uh, except if he's like your number one guy and you're trying to win a championship and you don't want to lose him to injury. Uh, but I have not watched enough of him. I have a couple of his games on DVR that I will be watching. Uh, you know, between now and, and spring ball, and hopefully we'll have a chance to kind of lay eyes on him uh, in a bulldog uniform in person. Although, probably not optimistic that will happen before August. Yeah. Uh, but you have seen him up close and personal how many times? 
Uh, I think uh, I know three times this year, definitely. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, he's he's one of those guys that get back to that rough and tumble. He's not going to see the same size guys uh, on the football field yeah, he, on Saturday. He, he is uh, head and shoulders above a lot of the guys on that field. I mean, uh, some of the guys that play at that level, apparently, uh, you don't see in the bigger schools, uh, or do you? You talking about uh, at the private a private class? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's he looks like he's a, like a he's, college player that came down to play high school ball. Yeah, he's he's bigger than most of those guys, but that's what I'm saying. You know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of six foot, two hundred and forty pound defensive linemen at that level, where he'll see a lot of six foot six guys, you know, weighing three fifty coming at him. So anyway, that'll be good. But you know, every time I told somebody this the other day, every time I think you know, start to doubt what he can do, he'll roll out to his left and make a pass uh, back across. His body kind of hit a guy right in stride, and I think he's uh, he's definitely the real deal. And obviously, when I talked to Greg Vandergriff, his dad yesterday, he was talking about just how gritty he is, how tough he is to to fight through that injury, and uh, you know his competitiveness. I think you you were talking about a second ago. He wanted to win that state championship, and and something that I took uh, from this season was some Atlanta broadcaster. I think it's the guy that was calling the uh, the state championship games on Georgia uh, public broadcasting this week had his top 10 of private schools uh, at the start of the season and he ranked Prince Avenue 6 and you know what Brock did he took a screenshot of that and had it as his background of his phone for motivation all year so he had that you know he just wants to win and led Prince Avenue to a state championship this year I think he's gonna bring that same mentality he wants to deliver for Georgia he wants to deliver for the community and that's what he told me back in February when I you know talked to him right after he had committed to uh, Georgia that that's his ultimate goal he wants first for the school second for the community and then third for all the Bulldog Nation he's a he's a he's a kid with a you know I think he's a he's a heady kid he's a smart kid and knows what he wants Ron, you spent three days uh, at the old TED, I guess it was called. Yeah, Turnerfield. I have not been there as a football venue. What's that like? It's interesting, you know. Um, you can still see a lot of the, the things, you know, when I grew up going to a lot, a lot of Braves games. And, uh, you know, I walked, kind of snuck behind the, uh, the, the, the visitor side bleachers and – in right field, there was about 10 trucks parked there, some gravel, both foul poles just laying out there. And it was kind of – it was interesting. But I think it may – you know, if Georgia State can keep building their program, that would make a cool little facility. Does it feel like a stadium that is kind of being used, uh, you know, four years after or whatever it is now since the Braves moved out? Or does it feel like they've kept it updated and, and uh, you know – It was odd. Yeah. It feels like the Braves have moved out. <laughs> it didn't feel like – I mean, they, you know, in left field yeah. where a, a yeah. lot – like. In the in the concourse area yeah. where um, I spent a lot of my youth, where they used to have you know games and stuff that kids could play, right. it was just kind of empty, and and you could see where they took up the machines and whatever they used to use back there. So it felt kind of odd. Uh, now, when you got down on the field, it felt kind of you know it felt like a little facility used for football, but it did have a hollow feeling like. This is more of a former Braves field than it is a current Georgia mm-hmm. State field. All right, so the overtime rules in the uh, in the high school ball there. Uh, you start at the fifteen. Is it? Uh, yeah. Can you get a first down at the five, or is it mm-hmm. you can? Okay, so you have first down. You're Coney County. You have the ball at the fifteen yeah, yard yeah, line. Yeah. Do you want to pass on first down like that? 
hindsight being 2020 no <laughs> yeah that was uh that was bad and uh you know you feel for that quarterback he he had a rough day obviously it was against a, a good a good defense there but uh you know trying to go to jake johnson there the big time recruit out of uh oconee County. i mean in high school ball you've seen enough of it well they couldn't they couldn't run the ball either so you, you can't run the ball in four plays or or you can't get a first down with four rushes there not the way they were running it yeah. that day. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, hey, let's break down the game a little more. The Peach Bowl. Yeah, game? Okay, let's break it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's uh, the unbeaten Cincinnati Bearcats. It is uh, who are, I guess, one spot higher in the playoff rankings. Who's, who's, who's the best team they play this year? Do we? Do you have that on? Uh, on well, on I top? haven't looked in terms of um, – I mean, they played Tulsa in the championship game. Yeah. Um, that was a sloppy mess from what I, from what I remember. So you couldn't really – it seemed like they were on a Thursday night game or so, uh, you know, maybe a, a Friday night game where, you know, the Ritter uh, quarterback really showed out. So. Look, there's no non-conference. Um, I, I yeah, think, yeah. You know, so um, I'm just scrolling through the Sagarin ratings. So the top a, a, AAC team is Cincinnati, obviously, but then you mm-hmm. scroll down to find the next one. It's Central Florida UCF at 30. Mm. And uh, that's one spot ahead of Ole Miss to give you an idea of kind of a comparison SEC-wise. You scroll up a little more, you got LSU at uh, 23. So, uh, you know, from Georgia's standpoint, uh, you know, you played Auburn, which is 14. So maybe you're talking about the fourth best team. And I had this conversation also with someone the other day. And we, we were guessing, we were saying, you know, where would you put Cincinnati in the pecking order of the SEC? Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought maybe kind of in the like above Missouri, maybe. Oof. Um, but we below, know what Georgia did. To but Missouri. below Auburn, what would you say? Hmm. Wow, that's uh, yeah. You'd put them ahead of the uh, Tennessees of the world, South Carolinas. Um, but now, look, I could be totally wrong. I mean, you, they might be way ahead of Auburn. I mean, maybe Auburn doesn't go undefeated against that schedule. Uh, you know, uh, they made a coaching change. Uh, they they had, uh, yeah. you know, this is a team, though, that, that Cincinnati that is much better than the sum of their parts in terms of recruiting rankings. Uh, they have only signed uh, about four or five four-stars and above. I mean, all four-stars, no five-stars. Yeah, It's a three-star, two-star, mostly roster. Uh, you know, but some of those guys have really blossomed. One of their cornerbacks, an All-American mm-hmm. second team. Uh, they've got some, uh, you know, big-time uh, transfers from the likes of Notre Dame, Alabama, Arkansas, that that have uh, you know been maybe highly more highly recruited players. Desmond Ritter is a three-star quarterback uh, out of uh, Louisville, um, who's starting I think his 35th game and uh, you know leads the nation for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. Um, you know, I think it's still going to come down to how motivated is Georgia. I mean, that's what it to me ultimately is going to come down to because Georgia is what's the line on this seven was the last I saw? I think it was six and a half last okay. I saw. Yeah, so I mean, it just if Georgia comes into this, you know, ho hum and, and thinks that one, if they don't care, kind of like the Tennessee, I mean, the uh, Texas Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. All right, well, let me let me say this. Let me say, this. I know you're going with that. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a uh, uh, maybe a, I don't know if it's a meme or not, but uh, or, or a, a saying on, on Twitter that I've seen recently, which is like any game that an SEC team loses, it's because they don't care. Meaning that, like, no, no, like I don't believe that. Well, uh, I mean, so you know, but against us, Cincinnati, yes, I, I do believe that Georgia has way more talent than that. Sure, they have more talent, but I mean, you look at Mississippi State has uh, not as much talent as Georgia and they were within what in the third fourth quarter so. there, yeah. yeah. So, um sometimes it's about matchups, uh you know, uh, you're not going to be having Eric Stokes, uh you know, how will that affect things in in the passing game? Uh they do have some really good tight ends that that they can find and they have 
you know, it's not like one or two guys in particularly in the wide receiver game. They have four or five different guys. So uh, I do think matchups will, will play a role there. I, they're not a team that really impressed me in running the ball. Uh, so I think it's going to be more of a deal with uh, if they're going to run the ball to be Ritter uh, and it will be, uh, you know, their wideouts and, and tight ends making plays uh, in the passing game. Uh, Tulsa ran the ball really well against uh, Cincinnati. And I, I think Georgia, even without James Cook, and we haven't mentioned him, I don't think, uh, you know, with you have Kendall Milton coming back, Kenny McIntosh, obviously Zamir. Uh, I expect Georgia, you know, to make plays, of course, uh, with JT Daniels and, and Pickens, you know, in the passing game. But I think, again, a team that's run the ball for 300 plus yards the last two weeks, I, I think they're going to be able to, to move the ball very well on the ground as well. Well, look, I think getting back to my <laughs> getting back to my, my theory here, I mean, I do think that, you know, for, for Georgia, what's their aspiration every year? National championship or at least SEC championship and then see what happens after that. Well, that's out now. What What is Cincinnati playing for? They're not playing for – I mean, yes, they would hope to be national championship contenders, but I think as we've seen in this college football playoffs, if you're not power five, you're not going to make the you know national championship. So what is Cincinnati trying to do? They're trying to come in and prove that they should be considered for that. So you see what I'm saying? So it's like Cincinnati comes in – really wanting to prove themselves in this game where Georgia comes in going, okay, we're playing Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. All right, well... That's two totally I, I, different... I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also... Kirby's making almost $7 million. He has a support staff <laughs> as well. True, I mean, yeah. th- those guys' job is to coach these guys up and get them motivated. And but they're not getting those bonuses. If you're, Well, they're getting half of their bonuses. <laughs> if you're not... Uh, go to onlineathens.com to see that story. <laughs> if, if you're not... Um, if you're not invested and, you know, maybe you don't need to be and maybe you shouldn't be, maybe you should be thinking about the NFL. Huh. That's your prerogative, but that Kirby didn't want you around then. He, he, he said, know. you know, go on. less than me. Yeah, I mean, he said last year against Baylor that they weeded out guys that they thought weren't invested, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, maybe some had academic issues, maybe, uh, you know, who else? You know, I think there was a, a couple other issues that... Uh, ben Cleveland was... Uh, what, well, that was academics, yeah. you know. I think there was maybe, uh, I don't want to get into it, uh, some other things that were popping up, but um, look, it's a noon game um, on New Year's Day, and they've known for whatever two weeks now that this is the matchup and or, or how long has it been I don't know but so it is what it is I mean I, I think Georgia uh, you know the guys that are there uh, you, you mentioned Richard LeCount I mean why is Aziz Ojolari and Jordan Davis playing if they're not interested I mean I think these guys do want to continue to play and I think there is a, a com- camaraderie and uh, an affection that these guys have and they've kind of been through this really crazy pandemic season these three times a week testing and um there's a bond i think between these guys and uh, i think they do want to go out and ball one more time and look you saw oklahoma a team that didn't make the playoff show that they were playing really well towards the end of the season and i think georgia wants to do the same now do i think that they could get upset by cincinnati i think it's possible i don't think it's likely um so yeah there you go yeah yeah well, that's all we can talk about with the Peach Bowl. No, let's uh, let's talk about one more thing, which is James Cook. Yeah, that was sad. Um, very sad. Not going to be with the Bulldogs tomorrow, it seems, Kirby has said. Uh, unfortunately, his dad, who's also named James Cook, passed away this week, and Dalvin Cook flew uh, home from Minneapolis. Uh, James Cook uh, woke up to this news on 
let's say today's Thursday, so I guess this was the, Tuesday this happened. Was Tuesday. And um, so he's uh, he's going to be back there. And, uh, you know, James Cook has been, uh, you know, second leading rusher on the team, longest uh, pass play uh, scoring play, uh, I think, since 2013 for Georgia, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, a guy that's really thrived last, uh, you know, down the stretch of the season, and you don't know what his future is. I mean, he's a guy that, that could choose to, you know, move on to, to play in the NFL like his brother. Certainly could come back and, and be even better for Georgia. So, uh, you know, you don't know if you've seen him in his last time in a Georgia uniform, but certainly I know Kirby said today that all the running backs had reached out and talked to James since he, uh, since he took off for, for South Florida back to Miami and uh, just to kind of let them know that they're thinking about them and that kind of thing. So I'm sure you might hear some of them if we talk to them after the game, uh, bring up the fact that, that they uh, you know wanted to play a little harder for James because he couldn't be there. That could be very true. Do, do we have a, uh, a reason behind the uh, – it was just a sudden passing? There was no more details than that? Uh, the St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, said that his dad had uh, an issue with uh, uh, diabetic-related uh, thing that went on. So Okay, well – very sad news, very sad news, and uh, yeah, we are all thinking of uh, James Cook and his family as well, but you had mentioned earlier about Georgia basketball team, so let's dive into that real fast. Obviously, they started off with a 7-0 record, had a good win over Cincinnati, had a, uh, you know, a, a not a, I won't call it a good win over Northeastern last week, but uh, definitely after getting down big, rallied and had a great second half to come back and win that game. Then the SEC schedule starts, and Mississippi State comes to Athens. And will you say it was more Georgia laying an egg or Mississippi State uh, just playing well? To me, I think it might have been a combo of both. Well, what Tom Crean was saying was that his guys uh, were not communicating. They were not, um, I guess, uh, doing defensively what they needed to do, that their offense was kind of uh, missed shots were hurting them on the defensive end. And uh, when I heard him say this, it, it reminded me to, uh, you know, kind of the same thing that we heard a lot last year when they had these kind of losses. He said they were playing like it, like it was a road game uh, instead of a home game. Um, you know, look, they're not a, a good three-point shooting team, and uh, they're not uh, a team, you know, that has a lot of size. So, um, you know, teams can can certainly uh, take advantage of some matchups, uh, I would say, down low. But they, Mississippi State was shooting the ball well yesterday, and, like you know, I know some people had talked about that seven zero start, and but even Kareen had kind of pushed back to you know don't don't kind of compare us to the eighty three team because you know this is that's yeah. that's not what you should read into what you know what what they've done. I mean, their non conference strength of schedule was not uh, very strong for good reason. I mean, yeah. they they played Cincinnati, that was uh, the the best uh, opponent that they played in, in Northeastern, I guess. Uh, you know, but. They got to go on the road now for the next uh, game or two, um, and um, you know you don't want to get in a, a hole early on in the season. But uh, it'll yeah. be interesting. They don't play for another week. I, I imagine it's going to be a tough week of practices. Right. One thing I noticed in that game against Mississippi State was uh, really blocking severe from entering the lane, and it seemed like uh, you know sometimes he would try to force things and, and end up you know with a turnover or whatnot. And yeah, you mentioned the shooting. I think they started off four of seventeen. I think Georgia did shooting and. Uh, then for a while, it was like every shot they took was a uh, was a was a three, and it seemed like because you know maybe that's called severe kept getting blocked out of lane, couldn't make things happen. But uh, definitely not the not the SEC start that uh, Tom Crean wanted. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, like you said against LSU. They go to next. It's going to be uh, it's going to be intriguing to see how they handle this and if they can uh, have a little better showing. 
All right, let's make some quick bowl picks and then get yeah. on out. What do you think? Sounds good. Happy New Year. Really? You're already saying that? This show's not over. Oh, sorry. Got ahead of myself. All right. Uh, before we do the New Year's six uh, games, including Georgia, let's uh, do some of the other games uh, on Saturday, or not Saturday, uh, Friday, which is tomorrow. It's uh, Auburn and Northwestern. And uh, you know what? I'm looking is at. Orson head coaching? Is he coaching that? I don't think so. I think okay. it's still Kevin Steele. Okay. Now I'm looking at the lines here from BetMGM, which is our Gannett affiliated betting uh, uh-huh. line. They don't even list the names of the, names of the bowls. They're just telling you the matchups. I can't even remember what Metwick Bowl that was. Do you know? VRBO Citrus. Is it? Yeah. Look at you with your corporate name on top of I it. Have to, I had to put together a uh, TV listing for our oh. newspaper. All right. Uh, looks like Northwestern's favored by three and a half. I'll, I'll, take the, uh, I'll take the Wildcats, given the fact that um, I think they have th- three opt-outs, or at least Auburn does, and the coaching uh, turnover and all that. So, uh, by the way, Northwestern's coach, Gary Stoken, mentioned on the uh, call this morning on the Peach Bowl, the Bobby Dodd Coach of the Year, because uh, the bowl uh, puts that out as well. So, uh, give me your Wildcats. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where I think Georgia went through this and the uh, Rick Kirby transition was, uh, you know, uh, they kept showing Kirby looking down at the field and, oh, hey, well, these guys play for that guy. You know, what will they want to show? So that might be a little bit of a factor. But, yeah, I don't think Northwestern's a bad team, and I think they'll uh, – They'll go ahead and pull this one up. All right, Kentucky's at uh, – no, they're not at – Kentucky's playing NC State. I think that might be the Gator Bowl, is it? Sounds right. You better pull up those TV listings. I can't remember. <laughs> this, is on, this is on January 2nd. Uh, it's uh, two and a half points. Kentucky is uh, favored by – I don't know about this one. I haven't – of course, I haven't studied this, but um, – I don't know. Didn't but, NC State have a decent win? I'm going to take year? NC State getting the two and a half. I hate to, hate to be uh, picking all against the SEC. Oh, they teams. beat, uh, was it Liberty? I'll take NC State getting two and a half. Yeah, they beat Liberty. I don't know. I'll go the other way. Give me uh, give me Kentucky. You I, don't, put, I don't have are a Are you putting off the bowl games? Yeah, yeah. I, guess, that'll, that'll I, guess, help me. I guess. I guess. All right, you got Ole Miss, the Fighting Kiffins, <laughs> uh, going up, up against Indiana. Yeah, man. That, uh, what bowl is that? Yeah, I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you right now. Hey, I like I like Indiana. I like their coach. What, what bowl is it? Come on. By the way, how about the Mayo Bowl? The, the uh, Duke's Mayo. Did bowl? they pour uh, Mayo out of a out of a Gatorade bucket? No, it was not Mayo. It was it was a sports drink. But they did break the trophy. The winning team. Outback Bowl is Ole Miss Indiana. Okay, um, I'm gonna take. Uh, Indiana by nine, huh? I'm taking Ooh. Indiana. I think I think Ooh. I'll take Indiana. You know they they probably gave Ohio State its best game this year. So uh, I don't know. Give me Ole Miss. I think um, Kiffin's gonna pull out all the stops. Uh, not to win, not to win, but they'll cover that. They'll cover that. All right, Oregon and Iowa State Fiesta Bowl. It's uh, oh, that's a New Year's Six Bowl then. Um, all right, well I was saving the January first New Year's Six Bowls then. Iowa State favored by four. Uh, yeah, I'll take Iowa State. I think Oregon's coming off a, a Pac-12 will be a little bit down, and I'll, I'll take Iowa State. Hmm, who's that quarterback at Iowa State? What's his name? He's got a, he got a. Anyway, uh, I know they talked about him in a couple games I've watched this year. Uh, give me Oregon. Uh, I don't know. Sounds good. Uh, they'll, you know, they'll probably come out with some unique uh, uniform. This is an interesting matchup: North Carolina, Texas A&M. <clears throat> yeah, eight points. The Aggies favored by what bowl is that? Uh, orange, another New Year's six one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take the Aggies. I think North Carolina, uh, you know, people they have a, they've given up a lot of points. North Carolina has, and uh, Texas A&M I think is really pissed off about being left out. Oh, so you do say that some teams are motivated and others aren't? Yeah, yeah. I, think- I, well, well, I don't think Cincinnati's really <laughs> as pissed off as as the yeah. other people do. Are I think oh, uh, <clears throat> Jimbo? Yeah, he was. 
he was not happy that they're not in, and I think they want to prove that they should have been uh, at least ahead of Notre Dame in those rankings. So I think a and going to come out with a little, uh, yeah, a little whooping stick. All right, let's do the uh, semifinal games. And this number is amazing for Alabama-Notre Dame. It's Alabama favored by 19, 20, 20. Uh, against Notre Dame in the uh, relocated <coughs> Rose Bowl. You okay yeah. over there? You okay yeah, over sorry. there? Sorry. Uh, I'm taking Alabama. With all these huge numbers all season, I've taken Alabama every time, and I'll take them again. Uh, look, this is not an opt-out team. This is a team that's going to be fully invested. Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, who apparently is a big fan of uh, Megan Rapino. Do you see that? Mm-mm. Yeah. They, uh, oh, the soccer. Yeah. Oh, no. What do you say? Um, he talked. I don't know. He was, I didn't see the whole deal, but he basically gave her props, and then she came back on Twitter and said, "You know, I'm a fan of yours now too." And uh, you know who she's married to? Uh, NBA, WNBA player, Subert. Yeah. yeah. Um, look at you with all the all the dating and couple things. Yeah, you're on top of your game. All right. Um, let's see. Yeah. So uh, I'll take Alabama. Yeah, uh, I think Notre Dame was uh, completely exposed against uh, Clemson and uh, Alabama's head and shoulders above everybody. Uh, again, I don't think the SEC championship game was uh, really that close, and I think Georgia still gave Alabama its best game of the year. And they're going to just roll Notre Dame. It's going to be a blowout. So, yeah. Clemson favored by 7.5 over Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. That's a Sugar Bowl, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson's going to be missing their offensive coordinator who's yeah. home with COVID. Trevor, just call the plays in the huddle. We'll be fine. Um, I'm taking Ohio State not to win, but to come within seven and a half points. I think uh, I think Clemson's, uh, Clemson's going to win. I, you know, I kind of agree somewhat with Dabo. Of course, they do have that bulletin board material from Dabo in the 11th ranking. So, um, it, But I just think Clemson, Clemson's too good. Uh, and I don't think that Ohio State has uh, – they hadn't really proven much to me, you know. They they didn't handle Northwestern all that well. Indiana gave them a pretty good game. I think Clemson and Alabama are clearly head and shoulders above everybody, and Clemson will handle this one pretty easily. All right, finally, Georgia, six and a half points, as I said earlier, favored over the Bearcats. Um, and I am going to take the Bulldogs. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by double digits. And uh, I like, you know, the word hot has been thrown around a lot by, uh, I think it was JT Daniels, that they're, this is a hot team. He's talking about the offense, a hot offense. I think defensively they played better. They're going to be missing Monty. They're going to be missing uh, Eric Stokes. But uh, I, I just think George is way too talented. And, um, you know, I, I just don't see them stumbling at this point. Uh, you know, since JT Daniels came in, Things have been kind of clicking for yeah. this, this team offensively in particular. Uh, and look, uh, you know, Cincinnati put, you know, maybe put up 17 points. I don't know, but I, I think Georgia's going to win this thing by, uh, you know, 10-ish. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Hey, do we know who's uh, feeling in for Ben at right guard? Uh, they're shuffling it around. Um, oh. You know, not exactly sure. You might see... Uh, you know, uh, you could see uh, Schaefer move and, and then have, uh, I mean, there's a chance Jamari Salyer will move from left tackle and they'll they'll put Xavier Truss in there. That's why we'll be watching them line up uh, pregame and uh, check out the live blog for what we see, uh, how that, that lines up at onlineathens.com. I know, Ryan, you'll be doing that as you uh, wake up at 1147. <laughs> yeah, I hope, I hope to make it in time for kickoff. But, uh, you know, I think, I think this will be a close game. I think Cincinnati, uh, I don't know if they'll win, but I think uh, – you know, I think it'll be a three-point, maybe. Ooh, Ryan's again, taking so. Cincy and the points. Yeah, just give me the points, but I think Georgia will win. You know, uh, 
But like you said, they have been a hot team, Georgia. So uh, if they can keep that mentality and, and keep rolling, I think they could uh, they could handle them pretty easily. All right. The uh, college football season for Georgia will end uh, by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Uh, but we'll be back next week for a podcast, and uh, we'll keep rolling during the offseason. Yeah, break it all down. And uh, we'll, we'll dive into uh, everything Bulldogs right here on the Bulldogs Extra podcast. Everyone have a great, safe New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Can I say it now? Say what? Happy New Year. You can, yeah, Felice Navidad. No, that's the wrong, <laughs> wrong holiday. <laughs> all right, everyone. Uh, take care. See ya. Bye. All right, bye. Bye.